Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everyone, to this to the show. I'm Rob Leonio. Join with me here today, Carl Pavlik of FiveForHowling.com. Here to talk to you guys all things Arizona Coyotes. Uh, as we get ready for another long week ahead of us. Obviously, it's the weekend coming up, but it feels like a long week coming up, Carl, because uh, lots of interesting moving around. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about uh, last night's game. Arizona and St. Louis. Uh, it, I would say this, Carl, for the first 50, 55 minutes or so, Arizona looked significantly like the better team, you know, keeping the puck in St. Louis zone for, I want to say, like, yeah, for the majority of that time. And really, I was really impressed with how they played. Oh, yeah, definitely. It was a solid, you said it. 55 minutes things really came apart at the end um there were definitely stretches where st louis seemed to be regaining the momentum but the coyotes were able to kind of weather that um as much as i really don't like that cliche of weathering the storm they bend but didn't broke that's another one you hear a lot but it was nice that they were able to not lose the mental game like we often see um like where one small mistake can send them spiral that didn't happen. Like even when they like had a really bad turnover Auntie Ronta was there to, to keep the net clean and they were able to just recover, move on to the next thing and really bounce back when they needed to. And uh, I, you know, I, that's, that's the part I love the most about this team that they, like you said, they were able to bounce back when they needed to. Um, I still would have liked to see a full 60 minute game from them. And I think that's maybe some some parts that Rick Tockett would probably still want to address the team. Um, but if I want to point anything out in terms, terms of the uh, performance from some of these players, is uh, it was uh, it was said throughout social media and, and through Rick Tockett and through really the the Coyotes media team like media pool that the uh, that top line. Uh, has been, been you know dubbed the short leash line because he wasn't a fan of how they played the last few games, and he's like they really got to pick things up defensively. They really got to you know, you know, actually show, prove that they deserve to be on the top line together, and that's what you know was there, and that's why they were dubbed the short leash line. And uh, good, did the, man, did they improve today or yesterday, Carl? Yeah, it was definitely one of the the best efforts we've seen on that line. Uh, I, I like the short leash line. Uh, to me, it seems very talk it uh, that we would have like these really good offensive players that can have defensive lapses. Uh, we've been hearing like questions about whether Keller and Schmaltz can play together um, since Schmaltz was acquired, just because we're worried about those defensive lapses. Uh, but yeah, they came in good. Uh, they were dominant in the offensive zone. They were good enough defensively. Uh, I don't want to say that they were stellar. Um, they didn't get deployed for a lot of defensive zone stuff, which makes sense. You want those players out 
you know, doing what they need to do. But there was no major lapses that I saw. There was nothing where I was like, oh, we can't put these guys together because even though they were great 95% of the time, 5% they were just absolute garbage. No, it wasn't that. It was a really good effort by that line, and they came in strong. Um, we got, what, I think two of the goals could be attributed to them, uh, the Schmaltz goal and the Garland goal in the first and second. And I thought Keller also looked really good. He doesn't show up on any of those uh, of the stats for any of those goals, but he definitely could have gotten that Schmaltz goal. They both were crashing the net that same time, and he definitely helped bring that about. That's also uh, that goal was also a huge credit to Connor Garland for driving to the net, wasn't it? It was you know it, you tried to make it make it on. I think I think what it might have been poke checked or something to kind of break it loose and. Schmaltz was able to find it and just bury it but yeah I think yeah just everyone there just did something yeah Garland like looked great in the lead up to that goal it was just like him walking in all alone and you're like dang and I didn't think he was gonna score on that one because I mean it was a fancy move but goaltenders know to watch for that but man Schmaltz and, and Keller just crashing the net right there and Great second effort, something that we don't necessarily see from the Coyotes all that often. It's been a big knock against them that they're kind of one and done in some games, and it was great to see them like put forward that effort and get rewarded for it. You know, before this uh, uh, series went in, I kind of uh, I was looking at this team, this St. Louis team, and I was like, you know, this is like I wouldn't say this is a great St. Louis team. I mean, they're still fantastic. They, uh, I mean, a lot of their wins came, the uh, previous wins came against Anaheim. Uh, and I was like, I don't know what to think about this team, but they're still good. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. So I'm going to say if Arizona can win at just one of the of those two games, and obviously I'll get elaborate more. We'll get more into the other games later. But if they can win one of those two games this week, then I will be absolutely happy. Uh, it will show that they, they brought, brought a good effort. And that, uh, you know, they can compete against some of the best, especially, you know, having to go against, uh, uh, you know, Vegas four times and, you know, against John Gibson the pre- uh, also last week and, you know, having, not really having the easiest schedule. So I got to say, they, uh, uh, they impressed me. Yeah, St. Louis, like, there's definite holes in that team. Like, looking at them, they are not as complete a team as I think I and a bunch of other people thought going into the season. Um, They're still the top team in the West division right now. It looks like uh, the avalanche have overtaken them. Just they've played the same amount of games for allowed 12 fewer goals, which is kind of astonishing. Um, I would say the big thing that impresses me about St. Louis, even though there are these major holes is they're still finding ways to score despite not having Tarasenko in the lineup, which is great. Arizona splitting the two games against them, that's a that's a good outcome. Uh, no matter what else, they walked away with two points from a very tough team, and we needed those two points. I think especially when we were uh, – a lot of people have been, at least in these last few games – the last couple of weeks kind of dismissing Arizona and they're like, you know what? 
I don't think they're that good of a team at all. Like the the playoffs are just going to be those four teams, you know, the uh, the four teams that it was predicted in the thir- in the first place. It's like everyone else just just doesn't you know doesn't cut it for this for this Honda West division. So it's uh yeah. So but this game proves something. It proves that you know they do have that fight in them, and it proves that Arizona uh you know can compete against some of the better teams in this division, and uh, hopefully. Hopefully, I'm really hoping that the team builds off of that, gains the confidence, and is able to play like this against, uh, you know, Colorado again, or you know, when they, when, whenever they play Colorado in the future, against you know St. Louis again, and against uh, Vegas again, you know, because even against Minnesota, but again, you know, two of those opponents, we're not going to be seen at least pretty soon. We'll get more into that. Uh, later, actually, we'll get to that in just a sec. But first, I want to talk to you guys about BetOnline.ag, guys. The Super Bowl only two nights away, and I know you guys want to make your bets. You can go uh, and make prop bets, make game bets, whatever you want. This, I know the Super Bowl is that week for it. If you're gonna do that, there's one place that has you covered. One place that we trust: BetOnline.ag. Sign up for a free account today at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Again, that's the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And rockauto.com. Guys, the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible to find the part you need in a traditional chain, uh, chain storefront. Um, sometimes they won't have the part for you. They'll have you chase it across town. It's like, oh yeah, we have the part over on uh, the east side, and you're over in you know downtown or whatever. I know that frustration. I don't like it. That's why I can go ahead and trust RockAuto.com. It's super easy to use. You go, you go on on the site, fill in your car and truck information, and it has everything you need. Neatly organized and very intuitive. Best part is the prices are phenomenal. You can save up to 50% on a part on rockauto.com than you would at an auto parts store, uh, you know, where wherever you might uh, go locally. But don't just take my word for it. Go ahead and check it out yourself. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. It's the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again, I'm Rob Leonio. Carl Pavlik joining me here today to talk some Arizona Coyotes. Let's get into some other scheduling stuff, Carl. First, let's talk about the upcoming weekend. I mentioned on uh, the last episode yesterday with Brett Farah of the Arizona Daily Star, very briefly, um, because that was a Roadrunners episode, but very briefly, that the uh, upcoming weekend of the uh, games against Minnesota were postponed. And then we found out that the games next early next week against Colorado also postponed due to COVID protocols with both those teams. And I made a tweet before 
I found out anything else out. I'm like, well, it looks like the Coyotes are going to have an extended break over a week before they have to play St. Louis again. And man, is it just going to suck having to wait a week until we get to see the Coyotes again. And then the NHL, the Coyotes in St. Louis do a flip. They're like, hey, uh, St. Louis had also had a couple of games postponed. So you know what? Let's schedule two more games for you know this Saturday and what, like Monday or Tuesday or whatever. It's like, we'll play. And in lieu of those, we'll add two more games. So that means, Carl, that Arizona is set to play St. Louis four additional more times in a row for six times straight this early in the season. How ridiculous is that? It is absolute craziness. Um, I don't think anyone foresaw these kind of postponements when the season started. And it's just wreaking havoc on the schedules at this point it's still really early on uh i thought it was ridiculous when we played vegas the the two away and two at home but this is just another level um the games that we're going to be playing um this upcoming uh saturday and monday were originally scheduled to be the end of march so who knows what that's gonna look like now but but yeah, it's crazy that the Coyotes are playing the St. Louis Blues six times in a row. I think Craig Morgan tweeted, there needs to be a, a seventh game just thrown in there, just just because. <laughs> I mean, might as well. Make it, make it a playoff series, you know? Yeah. A best of six just does not go for hockey. It, it, it doesn't sound right. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> The only way we can have it happen is if it actually works out that one team wins the fourth game then. So, like, if the Blues win the next game and the Coyotes win the next three, I'm fine with that. But otherwise, we need to have a seven. Someone needs to be yeah. the decided winner. I mean, with the, with the way that uh, the two games went, I mean, this very well could be a seven-game series. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like... It, it's great that the games have been fairly entertaining, at least, because it does feel like playoff hockey. And with the inconsistencies that the Coyotes have shown this season, this may be uh, a good chance to see a playoff-type event, because uh, it may not be guaranteed for us. Plus, it's a way to, it, it's a way to boost their confidence, like I said in the uh, previous segment. You know they oh, yeah. uh, with how with how they played that first game against Anaheim and you know most of the games against Vegas, uh, it's you know they they kind of looked a little down and out because a, a lot of things happened. They're just like yeah, like maybe we're not that good of a team. Maybe we lose that little bit of confidence. Um, the game against the first game against St. Louis, I was like okay, they're building a little bit back up. St. Louis is a better team. I get that. Then the next game happens. I'm like okay. Now I'm convinced. So if they can keep doing that against you know St. Louis and again in these straight games, it shows that they can be playoff ready. Um, obviously, a lot of people will probably be listening to me and you and you're like, oh, you're talking about playoffs and we're only you know 20% into the season. Come on, give us a break. But when you're playing a team six times in a row and it's as close to a playoff series as you can get, I mean, you kind of have to throw that in there. Yeah, I mean, like, just 
as a way of mentally framing it. It it works to slot it in there as a potential playoff scenario. Um, I think the biggest problem with the Coyotes this season has been inconsistency, and I think the confidence issue is a big part of that. Like you can really tell when the Coyotes are feeling it. They like they look like a completely different team. So they come right out of the, right out right out of the gates. They look good. Yeah. It, it's that's... astonishing. Like you'll see a Coyotes team that's on and a Coyotes team that's off. And I'm sometimes like, do we switch players at some point? Is that someone else wearing a Pitlick jersey or what is going <laughs> on? I don't know why I threw him his name out specifically. I think he's been pretty good throughout the season. Uh, don't want to throw any shade on him, but but yeah, I think if we can get a more confident team. We can get a more consistent team. If we get a more consistent team, we are are talking about playoffs. If not, then I'm sorry. The season being what it is, with everything being so compressed, we're 20% of the way through the season, close to it, like you said. And it's only been 10 games, so it's moving fast, and it could end up getting decided very fast. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say about uh, you know playing St. Louis six times in a row, though, is you know it can be a little frustrating because you know during the regular season, when it comes to covering hockey, I like a change of pace because I don't want to have to cover the same you know the same two teams you know for six games straight, seven games straight, unless it's the playoffs because. Here I'm just like, oh yeah, let's take let's see the parade. St. Louis, Colorado, Minnesota, Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Jose. Let's see all these guys come through or whatever, and so we can see what the rest of the league is made of. And right now, I'm just like having to go, you know, two straight weeks of the same team. It just uh, it's frustrating on 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 my side because I'm just like I'm tired of this. Yeah, it's it's something that. I'm sure fans get in a similar way because it's not fun to watch the same team over and over again. But when you're covering the team, when you're writing or speaking about it, it really becomes a very interesting way. Like game three, you're like, what else can I say about these people? Um, And it, it kind of becomes, as opposed to like when you get a new team coming in, you get to like say like, this is what they've been up to. This is what's going on. It's like, no, this is where the series is right now. That's what it felt like by game three of like the Vegas, where it's like, no, there's no rest of the NHL. There is Coyotes. There is Golden Knights. And that can get really tiring, but I also think it can get very just like, uh, it's awesome. It's your laser focus on one thing. You're like, we can. We all have this shared lexicon. We can go like minute details because we've been watching each other for this entire time. It's been 180 minutes of hockey so far, and we got 60 more left. And yeah, it can be kind of fun too. It allows. I mean, I will say. I will say this too. It does allow you to see, uh, you know, to really understand the that that opponent. You know, you're playing them enough times. So, you know, Rick Tockett can, you know, get enough film of the St. Louis team playing them to figure out what works exactly against them. So the next time they play them, like, let's say they end up meeting in the playoffs. I'm not sure if that, you know, if that would happen because depending on seating, but obviously, hypothetically speaking, they meet, end up meeting in the playoffs. 
they, they both, oh, and it goes for both teams. Both teams will know it's like, hey, we played these teams, you know, X amount of times straight. So we had enough time to really, really look at them. So, I mean, obviously, at this early, this part early in the season, again, it's hard to tell because things can change. You know, there's still trade deadlines to go through and other roster stuff, but uh, you can definitely look at a lot of film to go playing this team six games straight. And I think this is actually going to give the Coyotes a bit of an advantage as the as the series goes on, uh, because with a healthy Auntie Ranta, they could switch between Ranta and Kemper in a way that St. Louis really can't. Um, Jordan Binnington has not looked stellar um, in the two games. Like I thought the first game he had like really not great rebound control. He seemed to be like fighting the puck. Uh, last game, I thought he was better, but still, I think he would have wanted a couple of those goals back. But St. Louis has um, Husso behind him, uh, Ville Husso. Yeah. Not sure if I pronounced that correct. Um, but he's only played three NHL games in his career. Like, do you really want to put him in net for like a game like that, uh, like coming up? So I think they're going to be riding Binghamton more, and I think the Coyotes are going to learn a lot more about him as a goalie the more that that happens, and they're going to find ways to beat him in a way that St. Louis isn't going to be able to do if the Coyotes keep swapping out goaltenders. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see. Um, so again, Arizona set to play St. Louis four more times tomorrow, Monday, next Saturday, and next Monday. Uh, so that's for a total six times in a row. Uh, last night, the uh, Blues wore their reverse retros, and Saturday, the Coyotes will wear theirs. So the Blues and Coyotes are gonna gonna share with their reverse retros with each other. And I gotta say, Carl, I am not the biggest fan of uh, St. Louis's reverse retros. It's too out there for me. It's like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a choice, let me say that. Uh, the, the red for a team called the Blues creates a very interesting effect in, when I was watching. Like, the entire time I was like, it doesn't look terrible, but it doesn't look like the Blues. Uh, and that just could be me. I'm sure that there are some people who like it, but... Yeah, it, it it didn't do anything for me. There are some jerseys where you see them on the ice and in play, and they look much better than they do in like a staged photo. The blues were one where I was just like, this probably looks worse than I thought. Yeah, and let's be and, and let's be real too. We're gonna be super lucky to see the Coyotes in those reverse retros next week. Like oh, yeah. I, I'm super excited to see those on the ice. Like I when I first saw those. They, I think those instantly became my favorites in the reverse retros. Like those, I'm super excited to see them on the ice. It's crazy how like just one small change making it purple like makes a world of difference for that jersey. Because the the green, uh, yeah, or yeah, it didn't do it. It didn't. Do it, it did not. I, I don't know why the the early Coyotes thought that green was going to be a big part of their aesthetic. Um, it does not work. I don't think green works for any team other than 
Dallas, if I'm being honest. Uh, they're the only ones who can pull off a good green. Yeah, Minnesota, uh, a little bit. But. A, a little bit. Um, I give them credit for going with a, a darker green. It's a more foresty feel. But Dallas is just a good green, like, as a shade. Like, apropos of the jersey itself, it's a good color. Minnesota, I don't think, is as good. The Christmas Devils jersey is an abomination. It is terrible. <laughs> uh, I love that you brought that one up, too. What about it, what about it, Dallas's highlighter jerseys, though? Oh, they are so 90s cool. Um, like, they are terrible, but they are very extreme in a way that I just love. Um, I think I tweeted when they first debuted them that it looked like it was the Lex Luthor kryptonite team. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It's so bright. Uh, and I would not want the coyotes to wear it, but I am going to just appreciate it from afar in a way that I don't think they completely like, but uh, I love it. It's so terrible. We're going to continue talking about the Arizona coyotes uh, in just a sec and talk about uh, how we think they've done over these uh, about 10, 11 games in. But first, I well, first, a couple of things. We're covering everything you need to know about the Arizona Coyotes. But what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with the Locked On Today podcast. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And guys, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I know you if you have a sweet tooth and you, you know, you're craving, you know, like you're craving for, you know, maybe a candy bar as you want to go snack out, but at the same time, you're trying to lose weight, maybe you're on a keto diet, you don't know what to do. Built Bar is the one to go to. It's great for the health conscious guy. If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. And like I said before, it tastes like a candy bar. So you might be tricking your mind into that. They have 18 different flavors, cookies and cream, you know, apple almond crisp, German chocolate, mint brownie, just to name a few. They are absolutely phenomenal. And they are one covered in 100% chocolate. But don't just take my word for it. Go ahead and try it yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And now, Carl, let's let's go ahead and uh, talk about well, how this Arizona Coyotes team has done throughout this entire season. Maybe go into some players that has impressed you or not impressed you. Uh, because, you know, 10 to 11 games in for most of these teams, there's, uh, I mean, may, there's still maybe not enough of a sample size to really get at it, but but a small enough sample size for us to say, I think this team is doing well in X amount of aspects. So I'm going to let you go ahead and talk. What do you think? Sure. Um, like I said earlier, consistency is the biggest problem on this team. It's probably the one major problem I would say. Uh, I think overall the team's doing pretty good um, about what I expected them to be doing. Um, 
in regards to players that I've been really impressed with, I love Christian Dvorak's game, especially lately. Uh, it's easy to say he's got six points in his past three games, uh, but he has um, he's been showing an offensive flair and staying defensively responsible in a way that's just so important. He does not get talked about enough, um, and I think he's been really good. Right now, I'm not... I've liked Pitlick's and uh, Drake Kajula's game games earlier, but I don't think that they necessarily work as a line together. Um, I love the short leash line. Uh, it It's working extremely well. Uh, I will say that it has been just so much fun to watch uh, Connor Garland, Clayton Keller, and Nick Schmaltz just skate around the opposition and just find ways to score and just have offensive zone time. And um, you cannot discount goaling. Darcy Kemper uh, has been huge and has kept the team in games where he probably shouldn't have. Um, And I liked Ronta last night. I looked uh, forward to seeing more of him. Yeah, I I think that's... Uh, that's the thing that I wanted to point out too. You know, with with Andy Ronda coming back, that was his only second game of the season, and uh, you know it's refreshing to have him back. And uh, it's not to say in any way, of course, that you know Kemper, like, well, it's like not to say Kemper needed him. It's just that it's Kemper would have liked to have him behind, like you know, to help him ride, you know, another side of a of a top series because. Uh, you can tell after a while, Kemper would get a little tired after having to, you know, save, you know, a hundred shots in three games or whatever it was, you know, like against Vegas, for example. Like, so I much needed to have him back. Um, and I, I, I thought he, I thought, I thought Ranta did pretty well. Um, and yeah, I mean, this game was, uh, or, you know, this season so far has, uh, shown that like what you were saying that first consistency is a problem um and that uh this team can't play 60 minute games but they show those spurts of of, of greatness and if they can put those all those things together we can really get show a good arizona team here and i think uh this i said this on uh made it made a comment about this on locked on nhl i was like hey like if arizona really can put those things together they should fight for that spot that number four spot in the uh, in the division, I don't see why not. Yeah, they they have stayed competitive, um, and I think it's also important to note that they are without Oliver Ekman Larson. You could really tell that the that the defense has been like shuffled around a lot. Uh, the pairings are not what we typically expect, and I think it's occasionally leading to some issues. Uh, I know especially the, not last game, but the previous game against St. Louis, there was definitely a lot of defensive lapses, not all of them being the defenseman's fault, of course, but yeah. So if we can get a healthy Ronto moving forward, a healthy Oliver ekman Larson, and just like 10% more consistency, uh, I feel like the team can, can do something. And by do something, I mean squeak into the playoffs as the fourth seed. Maybe third if they get crazy. 
Yeah, uh, you know, thanks again for mentioning Oliver Ekman Larson too, because you know he's been injured for close to three weeks now, like about three weeks, which means that he could be set to come back sometime next week. And I'm probably not these next two games against St. Louis, but maybe the the last two. Um, that's a possibility, and I think that's that would be huge to have someone like him come back at that time. I think um, he was on the road trip, um, so he was at least skating. So it definitely seems possible that he's going to be coming back really soon, and that would be great. Um, it would be nice to get that stabilizing force in the defense. It would be nice to to get his offensive um, aspect of the game back too. I've noticed since he's been down, uh, Jason Demers and uh, Nicholas Jarmelson will take more shots. Um, and it's great that they do. Uh, the um, Demers shot actually led to Garland's goal. Um, but I'd rather have Oliver Ackman Larson take that shot. No offense to either of those players, but they're not known for their offense. Speaking of uh, you know other players coming back as well, what about Ilya Labushkin? Oh, yeah. Uh, Labushkin was really good. Um, he didn't seem to miss a step. He had been gone for uh, just so long dealing with those visa issues. But it's you know great that before that, he actually got in some game time in the KHL. Um, we're not going to talk about Labushkin much as the season moves forward just because he doesn't play the type of game that's easy or really satisfying to talk about a lot um but it's a very vital part of the game like i love defensive defensemen i just it's like he made a great move there he uh he blocked the shot and he did like got out of the zone did what he did his job yes (laughs) he did what Uh, a defenseman is supposed to do yeah defenseman it's right there the name uh he did that part uh, uh but wait 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 yeah. wait wait so you're telling me that defensemen aren't supposed to be shooting from the blue line every single time <laughs> or or even crashing the net what is this <laughs> uh I, it, times have really changed because i i remember getting in arguments with people who are like defensemen should not shoot the puck ever and it's like what are you talking about and it's like if they wanted to shoot the puck, they should have been a forward. And then they would show like a clip of Eric Carlson doing something. They're like, see, forward's doing good things. And I'm like, that's a defenseman. What are you talking about? Why am I having this argument? Um, but yeah, great to see Lubushkin back. I hope he really just stabilizes this defense until Ekman Larson's back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll be interested to see how, how the roster shakes up when um, – when Ekman Larson does come back, because obviously we saw Connor Garland and, and uh, Victor Soderstrom, uh, um, or, yeah, Kyle Capobianco and Victor Soderstrom, um, I think I mentioned that, that uh, head back down to Tucson. So we'll yeah. see what. Uh, and I thought both of them but, yeah, go ahead. played uh, played okay. It, I think they both need some more game time. Um, like I, th- I don't know if people were upset when Soderstrom was sent back down. Um, but no, I don't think they were. I think that they realized that, you know, he's young, he needs the experience. So send him to a place where he'll develop. 
And I think uh, obviously, you know, Jay Verity is up in, in Glendale, but, you know, Steve Pavan can do just enough you know, with them. And we'll, we'll, we'll look at the actually the defensive side of things for for Tucson and uh, and John Slaney. He'll, he'll probably work a lot with John Slaney, and I think, you know, he will do a lot of great things with Victor Soderstrom. And again, he'll be alongside Cal Capobianco, who's a uh, a veteran AHLer at this point now. So, um, you know, he, he'll be alongside some guys who can definitely help him develop. Definitely, definitely. Should be should be good for both of them. And I, I can't imagine we've seen the last of either. Uh, not even the season. I, I think we see both of them again. Oh yeah, I I almost have no doubt about that. Especially if how this season how this season is uh, is going um, with uh, potential COVID things coming up and re- rearing its ugly head through several different teams. So yeah, yeah, especially several teams in our division. But that uh, that remains to be seen. What happens? Uh, I guess we'll have to find out. Um, but uh, we'll we'll go ahead and wrap things up here today on on Locked On Coyotes. A quick reminder that every Friday on Locked On NHL, jo- uh, join Joe Biazzi of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL to, and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend's slate of games from breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we'll be closing things off here today on Locked On Coyotes. Uh, might probably coming on Monday. I will give a uh, we'll give a little bit more of a scouting report on on how the uh, Saturday game went for the Arizona Coyotes and St. Louis Blues game three of six. As well as, uh, I might even bring up some Tucson Roadrunners action. Their season set to begin on Sunday against the San Jose Barracuda. I will be there on site at the Tucson Arena to uh, get everyone situated there and uh, get ready for the season for the American Hockey League. I'm super excited for that. If you like what you heard here today, don't forget to uh, leave a good review and to subscribe if you yet to already. We are available anywhere you get your podcasts and don't forget to follow me on social media at robbiano1 and at lo underscore coyotes interact with us on twitter uh, ask us any questions send us a direct message if you have a question or even mention us i will answer them on a future episode of the podcast again thanks everyone for listening here today and thanks carl for joining this episode once again uh, hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you guys stay healthy. And don't forget to how long.